With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Mem Vav. We left off on Daf Mem Vav Amidalif by a Mishnah starting the new Pedic, the Pedic Shoir Shonagach Hasapar. And this din is a very fundamental din that we already spoke out before, earlier on in the Masechta. And now let's learn the Mishnah insight. Shoir Shonagach Hasapar. If there was an ox that killed a cow, meaning that there were Adim that testified, and therefore based the nose that the ox killed the cow, as it will become evident, the ox here is a tam, for which we learned many times that the owner would now have to pay to the owner of the cow half of the damage, and the half of damage has to be extracted from the goof, from the body of the goring ox. But here we have a very important additional piece of information, that the nimtso ubara betzida, the cow was pregnant, and when the cow was found by the Aden, they found the fetus, the baby, was aborted and also was dead. And it was laying on, near the mother. And what is the issue here? We have an inherent doubt. Did the cow, did the mother abort its fetus before it was gored? In other words, the death of the fetus is unrelated to the ox goring it, and therefore the owner of the ox is completely not responsible, not even for half a nezik, or or perhaps the cow aborted the fetus because it was gored, and if that would have happened, then the owner of the ox is also have to pay half of the nezik of the dead fetus, being that this doubt is a inherent doubt. And according to many of the shoinim, that we're speaking about a scenario where the, now the ox is in Rishus Harabim. In other words, the owner of the ox who's defending himself, he's saying, I don't owe you half a nezik for the fetus. He is not now a muhzak on his property, says our Mishnah, which is the opinion of Sumchis, the famous rule of Sumchis, that that in such a case, when there is a doubt, we say we divide the money in half. Here we have a doubt whether he has to pay him for half of the value of the damage of the aborted fetus. So if we divide that in half, he only has to pay him a quarter. Let's read it inside. For the cow, he has to pay half of the damage. But since there is an inherent doubt whether he's hyped to pay for the fetus, so for the fetus, he only has to pay a quarter, again, based on the rule. As we'll see only of Sulchas, that mamain hamutl besafik cholkin. How this says the Mishnah in other case, and likewise, if the mazik was a cow, a cow gored an ox. And here again, that is something that we know through Adam. But what is the doubt? Later, we find that the cow who was pregnant now aborted its fetus. And then Yoduan, we do not know if the cow aborted its fetus before it gored the ox. In other words, the vala, the fetus, is uninvolved in the goring. Or or if only after the cow gored did it abort the fetus. So the fetus was involved in the goring. And as we always know, the din of Chatzinezik is that it gets paid mi gufai. It gets paid from the body of the damager. Here we don't know whether the ubar 
was part of the damager or not. So says the Mishnah, that Avada, we know from Adem that the cow was a mazik, so Chatzinezik can all come from the Pada. However, since there is a doubt whether the Valad was involved or not, Urvia Nezik, only a quarter of the Nezik comes from the Valad. And as it becomes obvious, like the Gemara will explain, the Mishnah does not mean that here the owner of the Pada has to pay three quarters of the damages, half from the cow and a quarter from the Valad. What does the Mishnah mean? Emir Tzashem, we'll see a machlekes, amoreim, abayin rava, andaf mem vav, amid beis, and andaf mem zayin, amid aleph, and we'll get to your Emir Tzashem in this year. With this, we end the Mishnah, says the Gemara, Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Shmuel, that the opinion in both cases of the Mishnah, that whenever there is an inherent doubt, and no one now is a muhzak over the money, we apply the rule of Mamain Hamutl Besafik Chalkin, Zudivre Sumchas, the Omar, Mamain Hamutl Besafik Chalkin, when we have such a type of doubt on money, we divide it in half, half goes to the defendant, half goes to the plaintiff. Which is why, let's say, in the case of the Reisha, that it's clear what the case is. We don't know whether the Shoir was involved in the killing of the Ubar. He only has to pay a quarter of the, of the value of the Ubar. In other words, half of the Chiyub of Chatzinezek. Abel Chachamim Reimrim, but the sages hold that Zeklau Godel Bedin. This is a major principle in judgment that we always apply the other rule of Hamoitzei Mechaveroi Olav Haraya, the one seeking to extract payment from his fellow, he bears the burden of proof. On him is the onus of proof. You, in the case of the Resh of the Mishnah, you, the owner of the fetus, you are claiming that the Baal Hashoid owes you the money. You have to prove that it was the ox that made the fetus die, and if you cannot prove it, he owes you nothing for the death of the fetus. Says the Gemara, why did the Chachamim have to open up their statement by giving these introductory words of Zek, Klal, Godel, Vadin, that this is a major principle in judgment? So explains the Gemara, Yitzrech, these words are needed to tell you the Afilu Nizak Oimer Bari. Even in a case where the damaged party, in our case, the owner of the fetus says, I know that my cow was pregnant when the ox gored the cow. I know that for sure. You for sure owe me chatzinezek also for the bullet. And the mazik, the owner of the ox, says, I don't know. I wasn't there. He's saying, maybe, yeah, maybe not. And normally, body vishema, body adiv. Even in such a case, we still apply the rule of hamoitzim echaveri olavarayom. Very interesting, the kids are just to touch upon something that Toysus brings up. If you can see Toysus, so in the middle of Toysus, he points out that this, is, this has to be further qualified. There is something that Toysus calls a good body or a not good body, a good Shema and a not good Shema. And Toysus says that when do we say that even where the Nizik is the body, and the Mazik is the Shema. The Chachamim hold the Mazik pays nothing, that's only when the body is bad, and the Shema is good, and V'ayin B'Toysvus, and not in the other case, not if it would have been the other way around. Anyways, back in the Gemara. I nami, alternatively, why did the Chachamim intro their statement by saying, Zeklal Godel Bedin, that they came to us to hint to the following case, as it was stated, if a man, if a seller sold an ox to his friend 
Reuven sold an ox to Shimon, and after Shimon paid him for the ox, after Shimon took the ox in his possession, Shimon discovered that the ox that he bought was already an ox that gores. And in other words, before he bought it, it's a goring ox. We're not going into the details over here. It's not Negea whether it is Shus Mishana or Eina Mishana. The bottom line is like this. Most people who buy oxen buy them for ridia. They buy them for plowing. Some people buy them to slaughter for their meat. If the buyer would have bought it for slaughter, it makes absolutely no difference whether the ox is a goring ox or not. In other words, whether the owner knows that practically I have to spend a lot of time and effort guarding the ox more than usual to make sure it doesn't damage because he bought it for its meat. But if he bought it, Liridia, if he bought it for plowing, the buyer has a real taina, Mekach toes. Had I known that this is a goring ox, I never would have bought it from you. I don't, need to, I don't want to be troubled with the knowledge that it has a history of damaging other people's properties for which I'll be chayiv, whether he'll be chayiv right away, Nezek Shalim, whether he'll only be chayiv chatzi Nezek, I don't want to buy a shirt nakhan. So the question is, what do we do? So here we have a Machlekes, Rav and Shmuel, as the Gemara is going to explain later, that Rav follows the principle, even by money, that Holchen Achar Haraif. And as we spoke out, being that most people buy oxen for plowing, so the buyer who claims, I bought it for plowing, is believed, and Omar and the buyer can demand, you take your ox back, give me my cash back. However, Shmuel, and as the Gemara is going to speak out, Shmuel says that by money, the seller can tell the buyer, hey, I sold it to you because you wanted it for the meat. And therefore, as far as that is concerned, it makes no difference whether the ox is a goring ox or not. And you have to hold on to the ox. Let's read inside Rashi, Inami that the Yochel Loimer, Lishchitam Achartilach, I'm reading inside the first Rashi in the Gemara, even though that the argument that the buyer has is a good argument, he's going with the Roif, and the Ruba Liridio Kozabni, most people buy oxen for plowing, and if that would have been the case, we have a Mekachtos. So Ashmein and Masni Sin, the Hoyl, the Naket, Moichet Domei, here is the key that since the seller already is the Muchzik now on the money, the money is in the possession of the seller. So the buyer becomes a and that's the cloud gadol that even in this case, even though it's going against the roiv, we say that the buyer has to prove that he bought it. The buyer has to prove that he that he brought it in order for him to be able to get his cash bank. Now the gemara has to further qualify to understand that even applying in our case against the Raiv, still, let's c- clarify the following. Why can't the best and simply see is this a person that is a farmer and he buys oxen for plowing and if that would have been the case, then let Bezden say from his prior history, from his current Parnasa, we know he bought it for plowing. And even Shmuel should say that it's a Mekachtos. Or on the other hand, Igavra Dezoven Lin Nechsasa, Rashi teaches the words Nechsasa means Lashchita, meaning if this is a person that buys oxen, he's a butcher. When he bought in the past, he buys it for his livelihood, which is to sell meat. So then even Rav should be Maida, that the sale should be valid. So he explains the Gemara Loi, no. That Sricha, where do we have this argument? Begavra, that the buyer here is Dezoven Laha Ulaha. He's both a butcher and a farmer. And therefore, from his history, 
and or from his current livelihood, that does not shed insight as to why did he buy this ox. Still asks the Gemara, why can't we extrapolate his intent from the money that he paid for the animal? The next, so why don't we see, e normally oxen for plowing are more expensive. If he gave him a more expensive value, that itself should prove that he brought it Lidivia for plowing. And and if he only gave him the value that is normally paid, which is normally a lesser value for meat, he bought it for shechita, that should prove Lidivia. Again, clarifies the Gemara Loh, that the argument of Rav and Shmuel is defined, is limited to a case, the Oikir Bisra, the Koyibidmeridia, in the unusual scenario where animals for their meat are just as expensive as animals for plowing. So now we're back to this argument. And Amri, and they said, turning to the that in the case where the seller is claiming only, I don't have money to return it to you, then there's no doubt, then the buyer who is claiming that money is owed to him, but he is now holding on to the ox, let him take ox in the place of money. The Amri Yinshi, like people say, that the shab vasach parei ifra, that from one who is in your debt, even take parei, even take bran as payment. In other words, what's even the issue? The buyer wants to get money back. The buyer already has something of value. Let him take that as payment. So the Gemara says, well, yes. Why? You're right. If the seller is claiming, I don't have cash, Ailey, of course he'll keep the ox. The case of the Machlekes is the Ikalish Talumimine. The seller is saying, I have money. The seller is claiming, why should I give the money back to you? You bought it Lishchita. That's what I'm claiming the seller. Lishchita, the ox was perfectly fine. So here's where we have the Machlekes, Rav and Shmuel. And now the Gemara speaks out what is underlying their argument. Rav says, Why is the sale automatically retroactively nullified? Because zil Because we do follow, even in monetary laws, the rule of going after the majority. And as we spoke out on Rashi, on Ahmed Aleph, here the Gemara says, Veruba, the Inshi, Most people buy oxen for plowing. So therefore, now that the buyer is claiming, I bought it for plowing and I never would have bought an ox that has a history of goring, we will accept the taino of the buyer, mekachtos. However, Shmuel Amar, Shmuel holds that that the seller can tell him, I sold him the ox to you for, for the meat. We don't go after the majority. And as the Gemara speaks out, that kios linen basaruba, that when do we follow majority? The Torah says, achrei rabim lahatois, that's only be surah, only in ritual laws. It's a vehetet. Avol but when it comes to financial laws, lo yozlinen basaruba. And therefore, now what? Okay, we don't go basaroiv, but being that the seller currently is holding on to the cash, and therefore, the seller does not have to return the money to him. Says the Gemara Tanya Nami Hachi. 
that the case of our Mishnah, like Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel, is only the opinion of Sumchos that says Mamein Hamatol Amutol Besafik Choilkin. But the Chachamim will argue with the case that we learned in our Mishnah. Sure, Shonakachasaparov, an ox gored a cow, and again we have Adim. For that we know the Nimso Ubara Betzida, and when we found the dead cow or the damaged cow, we also found its aborted fetus near its side. The Eino Yoduan, we don't know, we have an inherent doubt, Beisden has a doubt, Im actually not Chayoldon, and therefore the, the ox is not the cause of the death, or Im Yishonach or if it aborted its fetus because it got gored, after it got gored. So the din is, as far as the mazik, the bal hashoir, owing money to the bal apara, that yeah, and how much? Tam chatzinezik. Nishtalim chatzinezik lepara. But vireviyanezik levolod. But for the fetus, you only have to pay a quarter. Again, mamein hamutl besafik. The safik is on chatzinezik, so you divide that in half. For that, you only pay a quarter. And here, clearly, the Braisa states, these are the words of Sumchas. In other words, you, the owner of the cow, the owner of the dead fetus, you want to extract money from the owner of the ox? Nice. Bring proof that the ox is that which caused the, the, the fetus to be aborted. Says Rav Shmuel Banachmeni Minayin. From where do we know this rule of Hamaytzim Echaveroi Olavarayom? That the one who wants to extract the money from his fellow, he bears the burden of proof. Shenemar, and he quotes the pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim. At the end of Parshas Mishpatim, when the trader goes back to Maimed Har Sinai, the trader records that when Moshe Rabbeinu was about to go up for forty days and nights, he tells the elders that they should know that Aharon and Chur they will be the judges staying behind, and if anyone has any grievances. If anyone has any issues with his fellow, so he said the words, Mi baldivarim, is yigash, aleim, the people should approach them. Them meaning aharoin and chur. Now, being that the usual wordings used for whoever has grievances should go to them would have been yavai aleim. Why did the trader use the unusual expression of yigash aleim? So we have here a drush that don't put the vowels for the word to read yigash, which means to approach whoever has grievances, baldivanim, should approach Aaron v'chur, but read it with the vowels yagish. Yagish means that you should present proof. Whoever has grievances, the one who has the grievances, in other words, the plaintiff, should be the one that yagish, roy, rayo, alem, should bring, should present proofs, because on him is the onus of proof. Hamaytzim echaveiroi is all of why do I need a Pasik? Svaruhu, it only makes sense. And he used the following expression that the Koiv Lekeba, that the one suffering pains is Azalabay Asya, he's the one that goes to a doctor. Or as the Rabbeinu Yonason explains, that before the doctor can prescribe a remedy, then the patient has to explain the symptoms. Based on the symptoms, accordingly he, pres- he prescribes a remedy. Here also, that according to the verified proofs that the plaintiff has, only accordingly can Beisden give up Sagdin. And if not, everything stays the way it is. So Elo says, the Gemara, you're right, that Hamaytzim Chaveri Olavarai is a Sfarah. 
Now, why Taka did the Torah use the unusual words of Yigash? Why didn't the Torah use the words Yavoy Aleihem? So that is Lechad Rav Nachman, Amar Abba Baravor. To Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Abba Baravor. Minayin, how do we know She'ein Niskakin Elo L'Tevei Atchilo? That Beisdin is only Niskakin. Beisdin only gets involved first to the claim of the plaintiff. And as Rashi beautifully puts it, and this is something very common, Reuven is taking Shimon to Adin Torah. So when Shimon finally stands in front of the basin, Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me $100. Shimon says, I owe you $100, but let's not forget that there is another scenario, that you owe me money prior to that, which is why I'm not paying you back. And Shimon wants for Beisdin to address everything together. Let's read the Rashi inside. Top of the on top of the Amit. That she'ein is kaken elot tevei atchilo kigoyin. That Reuven tevei ha'mi Shimon mana. Reuven is telling Shimon, you owe me your mana. She'elvu because I lent you that money. Whether it is ve'edim in parentheses or rashtar. And the Shimon mishivoy. And Shimon is not denying the fact, yeah, Reuven, you lent me money. But let's not forget that the fasta mishali. That you grabbed something that belongs to me. Ha'chzili mashot the fasta. I want you to return that which you took, whether it was a mashkin or whatever the taina is, and then we'll settle what I owe you. So Beisdin has to first only address the taina that was brought to Beisdin by Reuven, the plaintiff's claim. Later, they can also address the taina of Shimon. But we don't mix one with the other, and which one is viewed first, which one does Beisdin involve themselves first with the taina of the plaintiff that started it in Torah. And how do we know that? Shenemar, back in the Gemara, mi baldevarem, again, yigash alehem. Instead of reading yigash, which means to approach, let's say the words yagish. Here, yagish doesn't mean that he has to present claims. Yagish means that he's entitled to present his claims first. That yagish devarem alehem, that Beisdin will first exclusively address the taino of Reuven, and then they'll make another dentator with the taino of Shem. However, the Nardoin said that there is an exception for that. There are times that Beisdin will get itself involved in the defendant's claim. And the Echidami, for example, one example will be the when the defendant's property is losing value. Rashi gives two explanations. One, the first explanation is, is that Mamash, this case, Reuven lent Shimon money. He lent to Shimon $100. Shimon owes him the money. But Shimon is telling Bezin, one second, Reuven took a mashkin from me. He took a lateral. And to top things off, that that mashkin is really worth on the market, let's say, $100 or worth $80. But right now, Shimon says, there are people visiting our village and they would pay more than the market value. They know it's only worth 100 and they're willing to pay 150 So please let us deal with the mashkin because if I will win, Shimon says, I'll get my mashkin now and I'll have the opportunity to sell it to buyers which will not be here tomorrow. So whenever the defendant loses out by delaying his claim, there we make an exception, even though the initiate over here was Reuven, we will involve ourselves with the defendant's claim first. Now the Gemara will explain in the second case of the Mishnah, when we learned the Mishnah we spoke out the problem, where the Mishnah seemed to be saying that he has to pay him both half and a quarter, three quarters. The case was that the cow was the mazik, and we find afterwards the ubar laying near the cow. We don't know whether the fetus was involved in creating the damage. So the Mishnah says, Half a nezik comes from the potter, and a quarter comes from the fetus. So asks the Gemara, a half an ezek and a quarter of an ezek. The mazik, by 
Tam only has to pay Chatsi. Kula Niska, but all of the damage, Nechi Riva minus a quarter, meaning three quarters. Maya Vidite, why are we speaking about three quarters? Answers the Gemara. Here we're going to have Abaya and Rava. Beginning with the answer of Abaya, Omar Abaya. That Chatsi Nezek, when the Mishnah said half a Nezek, it, to begin with only meant a quarter of a Nezek. Echad ma'arba benezek. And when the Mishnah said a quarter of the Nezek, it meant half of that, which is Echad Mishmaina benezek, a eighth of the damage. Now let's take a step back. First of all, according to Abaya, we're speaking about a case, as the Gemara will make clear, that the cow and the fetus belongs to two different parties. Now, parenthetically, being that an Uber, whether it's Yerach or not, as we'll speak out later, is considered Davar Shaloi Bala the scenario in which you can have a cow belonging to A and the fetus belonging to B would be when the owner of the, of the cow that is pregnant is selling the cow and is keeping for himself the fetus. That could be done. The cow is Bala Bottom line is, you have two separate owners, the owner of the cow and the owner of the fetus. Here, according to Abaya, we view the cow and the fetus as two different mazikin. There were two different entities that participated in causing damage. Being that the damaged party is only entitled to half of the nezik, and according to Abaya, we view the cow and the fetus as two different entities, so the nezik will collect half of the half of damage from the owner of one, and half of the half of damage from the owner of the other. That means that to begin with, you only get from each one a quarter. Oh, now it's Gavaldic. And now the Gemara speaks out. If the cow and the fetus would have belonged to one person, even though we have an inherent doubt whether the fetus was involved in the damage or not, there won't be a difference, according to Abaya. The damaged party... The owner of the ox that got killed tells the owner of the cow, no matter what happened here, you owe me half of the damage. Whether it's going to come out from the value of the cow or from the value of the uber or part, I don't care. Ella, the case of our Mishnah like Sricha is like we spoke out, the para, the chad, uvala, the chad, that the cow and the fetus each belong to different people. And let's take it a step further. If the damaged party would have first gone to the owner of the cow and he would have told him, I want you to pay me for the Hatzinezik of what happened to my ox. Here he can tell the owner of the cow, for sure your cow was involved in the damage. I want for you to pay me half a Nezik. If you want to exempt yourself by claiming oh, that the cow was still pregnant when it gored, and therefore the owner of the Uber is chayv to pay for his half of the damage, well, now it's the opposite. The owner of the damaged party, the damaged party tells the owner of the cow, you need to prove that you had a partner involving, involved in the nezik. And if you cannot bring that proof, so being that it's certain that your cow was mazik my ox, all of the half of damage comes from your cow. This is according to the first understanding of Abaya. Ella again, what case is the case of the Mishnah where we have a machlekes from Chazan Chachamim that the Kadim Lebalapadam that he went. I'm sorry, the Kadim that the ox's owner, the one, the damaged party, first went to the owner of the fetus. 
which means that he was already giving credibility to the fact that there was a possibility that there was another mazik, the owner of the fetus. Now that he does that, now the Amarle, now the cow's owner, tells the damaged party, Galis Adaitach, you revealed the Shutafi Isli, that I have a partner. Vaharaya, you went to the owner of the Volod. If that's the case, you can only get from me half of what I owe you. In other words, my half, which is a quarter of the damage, and the other quarter you have to get from the owner of the Volod. And now let's take it further. So, what will be the din? Which is the eighth. So Sumchus who holds Mama in Hamutl Basafik Chalkin. So to begin with, he's claiming half of the half, that itself is divided into half. So one eighth of the value will only will be given to him from the value of the Uber Migufai. Now, now says the Gemara, just before we go on Vaiter, Traysus speaks out something very important. That even according to Abaya, that holds that we view the owner of the cow and the owner of the fetus as two different entities. And there were two different mazikim. And each one has to pay for half of the chatzinezek. That's only if the value of the cow and the value of the fetus are the same. So for example, if the cow that was not pregnant is worth $50, and a pregnant cow was worth $100, so each one owns, so to say, $50 of value, so they are equal partners, that is where we say that if we were to know for sure that the cow was pregnant when it damaged the ox, that the mazik, that the owner of the ox, the damaged party, will get half of the hafanezik from the owner of the cow and half of the hafanezik from the owner of the fetus. If, let's say, the cow was worth 80 and now that it's pregnant, it's worth 100, which means that their partnership is one of, let's say, 80-20. So when we say that we divide the chatzinezik by the both owners, it's proportional to 80-20. But to keep it simple, we'll make it 50-50, so it's really a quarter in here and an eighth. That is the first version in what Abaya said. And the Gemara goes on, Gavaldik, that Ikeda Amri, there's another version, the Afal Gavdukadim that even if the damaged party goes first to the owner of the cow, still, Matsi Matchile, the cow's owner, can tell the damaged party by telling him the Amri that Meida Yodi Deshutafi Isli, I know that my cow was still pregnant when it gored your ox. I know that the owner of the fetus is a partner in the damage. I know that I only owe you one quarter. This is what the defendant is saying. And in such a case, what we have over here is that he can only extract from the owner of the cow, even according to Sumchos, a quarter, because what the plaintiff has on his side is first the cheskas me'ikara, the cow was pregnant. So why don't we say that that pregnancy went on until when we can't say that no longer, which is now that the fetus is outside and dead. But if we have a doubt whether it was still pregnant or not, the original chazaka gets extended to as much as possible. On top of the fact that he is cheskas marakama, he's holding the money. So even Sumchus will agree that when the plaintiff has two chazakas, then we don't say cholkin. Where is there the machlekes? Sumchus and the chachamim regarding the owner of the fetus. Regarding the owner of the fetus, there's only chazak of marakama. The owner of the fetus wants to keep his money. But being that we have an inherent doubt, therefore we say, according to Sumchus, that we divide that in cholkin. So an eighth he'll have to pay him, and the other eighth he doesn't have to. That is the way Abai explains the case of the Mishnah, to which says, Rabba, Amar Rabba, one second, 
אותו אחד מארבעה בנזק, ואחד משמונה בנזק קטני. Did the Mishnah say half, a quarter and an eighth? The Mishnah didn't say that. The Mishnah said that there was a half of Nezek from the Baal Apara and a quarter of a Nezek from the Baal Ha'ubar. That's not what you're explaining. According to you, the numbers, the percentages should have been worded clearer. Even though, of course, we understand what Abaya means. Half of what he owes, which is a quarter. Or half of the doubt, which will be an eighth. But the Mishnah didn't say that. So therefore, since the Mishnah did say the words half and a quarter, so that not like you Abaya that explained that you have two different partners, but the cow and the uber belong to one party. And as we'll see in a moment, that Rava does not to begin with view the cow and the fetus as two separate entities, but here he understands Rava holds that uber Yerech imoi, literally meaning that the fetus is a limb or the thigh of its mother, and the din of chatzinezik megufai doesn't mean that the chatzinezik has to be taken proportionally from every limb of the damager's body. We don't say that. Chatzinezik megufai can mean that the damaged party collects all of the chatzinezik from one limb. Now let's go further. That isolapada. If the cow was here, says Rava, then there's no issue in the Mishnah. Because no matter whether the cow was pregnant or not, whether the fetus was involved in the goring or not, who cares? Even if it was there, it was the cow that did it, Mishtalim, Chatzin, Ezek, fully, the half an Ezek will get paid from the cow that's here. It's all one unit. However, the case of the Mishnah is that that the cow is not here. So you want to collect the Chatzin, Ezek from the Uber. And by the way, if the cow was pregnant, being that Rava holds Ubar Yerachimai, so you can take all the payment from one limb. If the only limb available is the fetus, take the Chatzinezek from the Ubar. But there's one doubt. The doubt is, was the cow pregnant when it gored? And therefore, so Chatzinezek is if the cow was here. If the cow was not here, that's the meaning of the words of the Mishnah, according to Rava, Mishtalim Rivianezek mi Volod. Then here, according to Sumchus that holds that Mamal Amutul Basafik Cholkin, you can only get half of what you're claiming. You're claiming Chati Nezek, you only get half of that, which is a quarter of the Nezek. And Taima, now to make it clear, the reason why you get a quarter is because the Loyadi Inan, we don't know, we don't know whether the cow was still pregnant, whether the Uber was a particular participant was part of the cow when it did damage Eloi, which is why according to Sumchas, you only get Chalkin a quarter of your claim, a half of your claim, which is a quarter of the damage. But if we would know that the fetus was in the mother when the cow gored, then according to everyone, he will get the entire payment. By Atam, the entire payment is a Chatsi Nezek from the fetus. And this is all based on Rava. If you have a pregnant cow, that's a tam, that does damage, you could collect all of the damage, all of the chatzinezek from the fetus, my tama, because gufihi, it's considered, like we said, ubar, it was part ending in the mazik, it's a limb of the mazik. And let's contrast that with a tadnigoyla shehezika, if a rooster, or a chicken, if a chicken did damage, and a chicken, we're speaking about it doing damage in a way where it is mishuna. And we learned many times that the moment it's mishuna, it's considered tam, keren tam. 
to which the owner of the Tad Megoyles has to pay Chatzinezek if for whatever reason the chicken is not here. But after it damaged, it laid eggs and the eggs are available. That rather to contrast the potter with the volat to the chicken and the eggs. You can't collect any of the payment from the eggs, my tama, because eggs are it's merely a secretion. In other words, even we're speaking about a case where the eggs were already evolved in the chicken and it was already considered detached. So we say that the eggs did not participate in the nezik. Even though it was in the chicken, from the eggs you get nothing. From the ubar until it's born, you get everything because it's part of the mother. So the mother was mazik. You can take all the payment from the volad. Here there's a doubt. Sumcha says you get a quarter of the nezik. And again, based on the Klal Gadol Bedin Hamoitzi Machaveri Olavarai, even in our case where you have an inherent doubt, we're going to say that he gets the cow is not available. He has to prove that the cow is pregnant. And if he doesn't prove that, he'll, he won't get any of the Chatzinezik, Emir Sashem, to be continued.